Okay, episode 32 of the Trail Runners Experience. Welcome, one and all. I'm your host, Daniel Ferugia, and I'm joined on a balmy evening with the. Uh, I'm joined by Gordon Knight, local trail running legend in the making, an up and comer, if you will. Welcome, Gordon. Thank you, Daniel. It's great to be here. Great yeah. to be here in a pub, drinking a beer, chatting to you. Yeah. After uh, we've just had, Gordon and I have just been on a, a nice uh, run with the, the Tuesday night trail running SA crew and it was pretty much a, a textbook evening wasn't it, like just the weather was just phenomenal tonight. Perfect weather, great yeah. great trails, yeah. um, you know the Adelaide Hills at night are always the place to be, it's fantastic. Yeah I spotted, I think I've probably spotted 20 kangaroos and I did see two koalas but um, I don't know if you got what your count was at. <laughs> One big koala, yeah. quite a few kangaroos. Yeah. There's some echidnas out there as well if you um, if you stand and listen for a bit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you tend to see the echidnas when it's really dry mm. as well. Yeah, so they like to see them digging about. But um, I don't see as many. But yeah, so no, you've been doing the trail running SA Tuesday night groups for a while, have you? Or? Yeah, I've been doing Tuesday nights with trail running SA guys for a good two years, I suppose, um, I reckon. Um, but actually before that I was doing uh, the same run by myself every Tuesday night anyway so I've been coming out here doing the loop uh, pretty much sort of Waterfall Gully, Cleland, sometimes Lofty every Tuesday for probably gee three and a half years something like that. Yeah wow mm. yeah and look it's got a bit of everything that loop like just going up around through Chambers Gully and, and for anyone who's visited Adelaide that's sort of like one of your, your premier loops you know like and if you're, for the locals everyone knows that loop you know mm -hmm. that area it's just it's just a beautiful spot i get a bit worried about all the uh some of the weeds that are growing in amongst like the blackberries and that mm -hmm. but it's still really beautiful through there you know yeah and it's actually funny enough on the hottest of hot days it's the place to go the temperature drops five or six degrees straight away yeah uh you know all right you're still probably running in mid 30s but it's better than 40 and um, you see a lot of animals on the really, really hot nights. So um, yeah, yeah, kangaroos sleeping on the trail and um, yeah. a lot of rabbits, unfortunately, deers as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's always an interesting trail. I've run in the middle of winter as well with trees falling down and uh, the swollen uh, creek that was really hard to get across. So uh, yeah, it's an interesting place. Same course, completely different running conditions depending on when you're out there. It's so good, hey? Yeah. Um, it can get very, um, when the ground packs down and it gets the moss in winter, the moss on the trail, doesn't matter how good your shoes are, mm -hmm. it just get yeah, very slippery. But yeah, so I digress. But it was, yeah, and anyone, if you ever come to Adelaide, go and check out Chambers Gully if you're not from Adelaide. If you are from Adelaide, well, good on you. <laughs> no, it's good. If you haven't done it yet, you've got to do it. It's one. Of, it was actually, when I moved to Adelaide five years ago, it was... The Chambers Loop was the first trail I did, mm -hmm. and um, so yeah, it was good. And I remember coming down that goat track section, thinking that this was the most amazing um, thing I'd seen in years. And so yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, so you've joined us tonight, and uh, I really appreciate it. And I, um, I think I just I was chose. I was thinking about who my next guest could be, and I thought I need someone. Um, just by sheer luck we bumped into each other a few weeks ago in that exact spot and um i thought and we went for a run together and i remember and i thought you know this guy's pretty articulate he's got a few he knows a bit about trail running and you've got a bit of a background in running so maybe if you could tell us a little bit about your background in running and sport in general and how you got to where you are 
yeah. at the moment because you're running quite well at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the running at the moment and I, you know, I've probably gone a good four years without a serious injury. So I'm, I'm one of the lucky runners in that respect. But also, you know, I, I sort of try and stick to the rule of no more than 10% increase per week and all those sort of basic rules of thumb. Um, I guess a bit about the uh, sort of my sporting background. As a, as a teenager, I was a cyclist, track cyclist, mm. um, made the state team, got a, a few medals at the national championships. Um, got into the, the South Australian Sports Institute and uh, was doing the uh, uh, endurance track events which, which sort of had a bit of a crossover to road racing as well. So I was, a, I was a track endurance guy, road sprinter, got glandular fever annoyingly uh, which threw a spanner in the works, made one comeback but uh, glandular fever is hard to shake um, and I sort of spent two years uh, training, getting ill, training, getting ill, and, and really getting nowhere. Um, ended up giving up the bikes and uh, and going back to university, which uh, admittedly saw me um, probably put beer in front of in, in front of the training and for a few years. Yeah, I understand. I did go to university as well, so I know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moved to Sydney. Moved to London. Um, did a bit of racing over there, bike racing, and actually, uh, you know, did uh, did. The, the the Hearn Hill uh, Good Friday meeting on the velodrome there, which is is one of the, the, the sort of the bigger track races in the world, and uh, really? and uh, on on purely on instinct managed to um, to mix it with the uh, the Dutch, American, British, and a couple of Australian team members in a in an A grade race, which I remember particularly well as as being my sort of last hurrah on the bike. Really? Yeah. Um, then moved to Tokyo and. Tokyo, I tried to be a bike rider in, but the cars just won't let you train. You try and ride on the paths and you've got runners and walkers and baseball players chasing balls and soccer players. And in the end, the bike got parked in the garage and I, and I put on some running shoes. And, and now I'd done the London Marathon, but really as a, as a, you know, as a sort of a, a new runner, um, ran a 3.31, which was, you know, is okay. That's good. That's actually almost identical to what my first marathon mm -hmm. was. So that's good. But, yeah. Um, yeah, ended up getting picked up by a, a running club in Tokyo, who, which had some really good runners. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm talking one guy was a sub eight minute 3K runner. Um, we had... Um, that is fast. Yeah. 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 Um, and we had some, some, some good guys, uh, a Canadian, a Peruvian, a New Zealander, who were all... Knocking on the door of their of their national uh, teams, um, and they've got what's called ekidens over there. Now, an ekiden is yeah. a relay race. Uh, we were chatting about this before, and they often uh, needed six runners for the team. I came along, and I was this sort of cyclist turned runner, and they thought they could see some potential there, so they trained me up to be their their slowest of the fast team, if you like. And uh, so I, I ran many many races with them. Uh, as the guy put on the shortest leg to try and loo uh, not lose much time so the other guys could do their thing. Yeah. Um, and we, we picked up a few victories. So oh, uh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. The Ekiden is um, a, a fantastic concept. And I know I, um, I, spent, some, I spent 12 months in Japan um, teaching English going back 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. When were you there? I was there from uh, 2005 to 2010, so five years. Oh, we, we crossed over. I may have bumped into you mm -hmm. going over Shibuya Crossing or sure. something. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so I was only there from 2007 to 2008. Right. And, um, but, yeah, it, it's a fantastic country, but um, 
it's, it's challenging work culture wise mm-hmm. I found yeah so yeah. I was working for a newspaper there for the Yomiuri Shimbun uh, as, oh, a, no, as, well. a, as a journalist and yeah. Uh, yeah the work culture was interesting except of course the, the, they, they, they give you what's called the Gaijin Pass which is basically this idea that because you're a foreigner you don't know the rules and um, when it's time to go home yeah. You can go home, whereas some of the Japanese guys were they, sort of stuck there. They stay there until the boss goes exactly. home, don't they? Yes. Yeah, it's the same in schools. And mm. even if that means sleeping at your desk, doesn't it? Many a time, yes. Yeah. We'd, we'd have to wake a few guys up to tell them to go home and sleep. So, yeah, uh, no, yeah. it's it, it's a bit damaging. But they love their running in Japan. Well, you know, they, it's a national sport. I mean, yeah. there's, there's baseball, there's soccer, and there's running. Yeah. Um, over Christmas, New Year period... Uh, you've got running on TV uh, probably, uh, I th- I'm trying to think now, maybe six days of full-day coverage of the uh, Hakone Ekiden, of the, of the professional men's Ekiden, yeah. uh, of the various high school Ekidens and as well. university. University. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the standards are incredible. I mean, I yeah. went and saw the university, National University Championships, 20 kilometres, um, and I would estimate the first 20 guys were around or under the hour mark. Um, they are absolutely blisteringly fast. Yeah. Um, the depth of talent there is incredible. And it really is. And then you look at, um, yeah, I mean, my first marathon was Sydney Marathon. And it was, um, you know, it was won by Yuki Kauuchi, Boston Marathon champion, and who is like this, that he's so prolific. He's like the citizen runner. And he, but I don't know how many marathons he's done now. He's done something like 80 sub 220 marathons. You know? Yes, yes. And like, but yeah, when you grow up in a culture of competition and also where there's that, um, especially in Japan, just that culture of, you know, really pushing hard, you know, in every aspect of their society, mm-hmm. you know, it's not um, uncommon. It's not surprising that they do so well. Someone like him pops up. Yep. You know. Yep. And um, a little note to that, um, Brett Lana, who is Yuki's um, manager, was actually one of the, the guys in our Ekiden team. So, uh, oh, really? He was a, uh, <laughs> a very, very good, actually a very, very good uh, long distance runner, great marathoner. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing that he's something around about the sort of the 240 mark for a marathon, um, but he could also go longer. So he was a, a good 50k runner as well. Um, but he could also throw in a good 5k. Um, he's probably one of the few managers in the world who can keep up with the guy he actually manages. Um, they go out on training runs together. Yeah, where's Brett from? Brett's from Canada. Yeah. Um, but he's been a very, very long-term resident of Tokyo. Yeah. Um, I, I would estimate he's probably been there 15 years or longer. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you yourself, you, so you lived there for quite some time mm-hmm. as well. Obviously, you became, you, you got pretty good with the Japanese language. And mm, embarrassingly, you know, middling on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's hard. And like, I did the classic thing when I moved there, thinking that I'll live there for a year, I'll come back fluent in Japanese. And mm-hmm. and I, um, by the end of my 12 months there, I had the, um, I had the vocabulary of probably a, a five-year-old, yes. which you know it's not terrible, mm-hmm. but it was, but nowhere near as good as what I expected mm-hmm. it to be. You know, like um, and and sort of you start hanging out with other other gaijin, other yes. foreigners, and you which end is the up, worst thing to do. It's terrible, but it's inevitable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But so yeah, and um, so you did you compete other than the Ekidens? Did you compete much in? Yeah, in so Japan? I did a little bit of track. I was doing five k's on the track. Um, I was doing. Uh, any any distance up to marathon, except that Tokyo Marathon was a bit of a disaster. I had some problem with my ITB. 
went through halfway, you know, looking at three hours or under, and uh, ended up fading to a 326, which, uh. which left me with some unfinished business when I moved to Australia, and uh, I knew there was a better run in me. Yeah, mm. and um, so have you, since you've come back, have you bettered that, that time in the so marathon? I've done a 306, um, which is 20 minutes better, <laughs> which is tantalizingly mm. close, but since yeah. running the 306, I've run, and this is in no particular order, a 311, a 312, a 315, and a 316. Yeah. So, um, yeah, still chasing that elusive 259, uh, which I'd love to get. And I, I, I feel like that's in me. Yeah. Mm. Well, it sounds like um, you're training super well at the moment. We'll mm. get to what you're training for in a minute. Sure. But, um, yeah, like you, you've mm. stepped up your mileage for a significant um, race. Mm -hmm. But... That and, and I, you said to me earlier tonight that um, that increased mileage is really helping you with your speed, and you you know so mm. it does tend to help across the board, doesn't it? Like um, yeah, I, I'm lucky, I guess, in that I've always had those gears that I can mm. shift uh, between, and I know there's some people who don't have the gears that they need to do speed specific work to keep the speed in their legs. Um, I'm not saying I'm a super fast runner, but I can easily, you know, knock out a 320 kilometer without any problem. Whereas I know some runners actually have to really focus to do that. Um, I'm wondering. I'm one of those people. <laughs> I can do a 320 kilometer, and it feels like I'm moving very close to the speed of light. <laughs> that it, it feels like something's going to fall off me mm -hmm. at that speed. Sure. Yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, funny enough, my, 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 my fastest ever kilometre is a 301, so I've, I've got a similar issue there that I no, feel like I, I've got, I've got uh, unfinished business to do there. Um, equally, my fastest mile is a 501, so I'm, oh. I, I'm a one second over every single... Uh, you it'll, know. Never <laughs> it'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. Then you'll be like, I'm only 59 seconds away from the four-minute mile. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the speed for me is, 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 is hanging around, and I'm, it's just for me the endurance. You know, I'm, I'm a classic one for going out a bit too quickly. Yeah. Um, but the parkrun times are coming down as I'm able to hang on to that speed a bit longer. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've still got a way to go before I'm back down to 5K PB time, which is 17.31, of course. Always ends at a one. Um, but yeah. That's a breathtakingly fast time. And I, um, for, I mean, I, I used to do my uh, 1K intervals, my mm. repeats for training, and I could very comfortably do five 1K intervals at three minutes 30 per kilometer, mm. which as you know, would equate to 1730. 17 yes. And, um, but to glue them all together is not as easy as it sounds. Mm. And I, I, I I still haven't even broken 19 minutes. I'm slow. I, I just don't have that. I'm getting there. I'm a, I'm a human, and um, so yeah, I need to take some of what you're taking to uh, <laughs> to to get to that. Because I theorise, if I, I could do I, mathematically, it's possible for me to break mm -hmm. 17, do 17:30. But you know, it's that between the the gap between theory and uh, practical application is pretty big well well uh, taking what I'm taking the last I did my uh, parkrun Torrens PB on on five Womad beers which um, seemed to work for me so um, performance yeah. enhancing beers exactly yep yeah. yep yep <laughs> actually it was four beers and a cider so uh, yeah, yeah wow. it, um, it worked for me yeah maybe it helped being you were relaxed because <laughs> yeah. you say it relaxes the muscles con yeah. concentrating on uh, the hangover or, uh -huh. or the mild hangover yeah but yeah 
So, um, no, it's amazing. So do you think um, your cycling background, I mean, this probably seems like a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I should rephrase it. How do you think your cycling background has helped you in, in your running pursuits? Mm. You know? The cycling background was, was helped and it hasn't helped. Cycling, I came from a very strict coaching background where I had one coach who told me what to do. I didn't get to think for myself. And... Uh, it was a very uh, team oriented and um, yeah as I say you did what you're told as a runner I'm deliberately taking the opposite approach and coaching myself uh, learning from a lot of different people um, and trying to apply what I've learned from other runners to what I knew as a cyclist now as a cyclist I learned the basic stuff about you know diet uh, rest um, being being a lazy person, which uh, you know is, is massively underrated, if you want to be a good runner or a good cyclist. Um, underrated? Yeah, underrated in the sense that I think a lot of people keep busy when actually the best thing you can do is do nothing uh, in between training sessions if you can get away with it. I um, absolutely concur. Mm-hmm. As, as a coach, I spend a lot of time telling my people, my runners to relax yeah. and to rest. And when you have a rest day actually rest mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. don't go doing some sneaky like 50k bike ride yes you know <laughs> exactly um in fact if you if you talk to a lot of cyclists and ask them what their hobby is they'll tell you it's sleeping um yeah. the, the best you know cyclists have to train a hell of a lot every day and incidentally when you ask japanese people that they quite often say the same thing exactly it's really strange <laughs> yes. anyone who's been to japan knows the the, the reality of that or oh, the reality of the trains and sl- and the People sleep on the trains like it's. They grab, they grab rest wherever they can. Yeah, um, yeah, they're it's very, good, very good, good at sleeping. Good philosophy, really, isn't it? We and I think maybe we need to adapt, adopt some of that in our culture. I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I do think there's a tendency for, for, especially Australians, to keep. You know, we've got such good weather that um, we've got a tendency to keep busy whenever we can and do something and fill every single minute of the day. Yeah. And actually, there's nothing wrong with actually sitting there and doing nothing or reading a book or going to the park. And I do all of those things in between training. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good thing. It just lets you recharge and get ready for the next, uh, re- next day. Yeah, and so that obviously, so that, that ability to switch off between your training and like, so when you're running, you're running. Mm-hmm. When you're not running, you're really not running, mm-hmm. you know. And um, that, that's obviously been a, a nice little formula, you know, for, for success for you. Because I mean, I've been watching you um, sort of in recent months and um, you know just recently completing the the um, Ultra Runners SA Summer se- summer mm-hmm. Trail Series and you uh, I know you for a fact that you dominated your age group mm-hmm. that's right yeah and um, yeah and, I mean uh, well, uh, you know I d- did uh, every run faster than last year um, and I mean and I we haven't mentioned yet I'm 49 years old so age is, is not my friend um, and there's a sense of if not now when you know I, I'm, I'm chasing these times and and I know I don't have a lot of time to, to hit the sort of times I want to hit um, but things are going in the right direction at the moment and um, yeah I'm getting faster I'm getting stronger uh, and running longer so yeah it's yeah. great um, you know your age I mean like I think we had this discussion before I mean I wouldn't you wouldn't no one would peg you for 49 you know you you look like you're in your mid-30s and um, and you run like you're in your mid twenties, mm-hmm. so you know. And I think, do you ever are you are you afraid of your age? Like, do you do you get afraid of the? Um, I mean, I'm 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 ten years behind you. I'm I'm knocking on the door of forty, and 
I try not to let the age bother me too much, but it sort of does creep in. It's like, I know my dad stopped serious exercise when he was 40. He slowed right, he just stopped doing everything. And he got, he put on a stack of weight and then it was a battle to try and get it off. And so, do you worry? I'm, I guess I probably, my, when I was 14 years old, one four, <laughs> my dad said to me that there's plenty of time to get older. And I probably took him too seriously and uh, I never grew up. Um, so I've, I've kind of kept that sort of youthful um, look at life and just refuse to act my age uh, and, and, and grow up. Um, but that said, I'm also have his DNA to thank. He's still running park runs at 75 years old. Yeah. He's still hitting PBs uh, for, his, for his age group or for the last five years at 75 years old. Yeah, fantastic. He's still yeah. running. Uh, three or four times a week and cycling twice a week and going to the gym uh, and my mum's uh, also going to the gym so um, yeah the two of them have given me the sort of the, the, the ge genetic ability to keep going uh, and to yeah to keep sort of uh, pushing pushing back the years and, and hanging on for a bit longer. I think it's a classic case of use it or lose it isn't mm -hmm. it um, so and there's a lot of research that goes has gone into um, you know I mean you just have to look at the top 20 from any endurance race and it's filled with men and women in their 40s and 50s and um, there aren't many other sports in fact I can't think of any sports other than endurance sports where humans in their 40s and 50s are outrunning the 30 and 20 somethings and um, yeah I mean I'm not an exercise physiologist but I, I do it's, and I don't know like what's your opinion on like your thoughts on that you know like yeah, well, as I, I, I have found it's easier to run longer as I'm getting older. Um, maybe that's to do with the fact that I'm finally willing to slow down as I, as I start a race. Um, I used to hit every race as, as hard as I could and hang on until I cracked. And now, especially with the most recent uh, uh, Ultra Runner Series 4 at Belair, I ran basically even splits the whole way and, and you know and and ran it in a, in a very intelligent way which is most unlike me yeah um, so I think age gives you the intelligence to learn how to run uh, far at a decent at a decent speed but they're quite intense races too though I mean they're most of them except for the one the one on the weekend was 21 kilometers 21 yep but all the other ones are shorter than that mm -hmm. and I mean that's for all intents and purposes, fairly intense running, you know. It's not, like I say, an ultra is a slow burn, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, but you, you're, so you, you're like, a lot of people who are get late 40s and 50s are obviously, you're a bit of an anomaly in that you're still running these fairly intense races, like mm -hmm. smashing park run every mm -hmm. week in under 19 minutes and un, you know, 18 minutes. And, um, you know, a lot of, that's the part that I find harder to keep up, at, even at the age I'm at now. Like I'm not, I don't love parkrun. I mean, I love the concept of it. I don't, I find it hard to really get that fire going. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it, and it's interesting in South Australia, we've got such good runners around my age group. I mean, Peter DeWitt is same age as me uh, and he's smashing, say the City Bay in a time that I think someone worked out was the fastest time run by someone for 12K of his age anywhere in the world. So we have got you know, guys my age who are doing incredible things um, in terms of global times. Um, you know, the Harriers are, have got a lot of runners over 40 at uh, yeah. the Adelaide Harriers. 
um, who, are, who are doing amazing things. Um, so yeah, basically we're, we're in a culture um, that doesn't really say, oh, you're old, you've got to stop. Yeah. We're in a culture that says, oh, you're just the right age to go and, you know, try and smash a 50k ultra or the city bay or a park run. Yeah, yeah and I suppose, why not? You're dead a long time, mm. you know, what else are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah, sit yeah. back and get a beer gut and, yep. um, you know, there. no, that's fantastic. I think, um, yeah, I, I, if I have your speed in 10 years, I'll be happy. If I'm I, sure you will. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We'll see. I, I still think I've got, I still want to break my 5k PB, which mm-hmm. I haven't broken in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And so um, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But I haven't trained specifically for a 5k for a while too. Sure. So, um, but yeah, so that brings us, now we're, we're sort of caught up on your background mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, tell me about what you're doing at the moment and what you're training for in the coming months. Sure, yeah. Well, I, I guess I'm, I've really thrown myself in the deep end. I went online uh, to enter the UTA 50. And when I went to hit the button to enter it, all the places were gone um, and there was only the UTA 100 left I thought well, I'm not sure if I can do 100 but anyway I pulled the trigger I, I entered <laughs> or I actually rang my dad again and said uh, I've probably done something really stupid here I've gone and entered a 100 kilometer race through the Blue Mountains that's 4,400 meters of climbing uh, and will see me on my legs for about 12 hours. Have I done the right thing? And my dad said, yeah, sure. I mean, he'd run five marathons and never ran an ultra. And, and it's something he's still kicking himself about now. And he said, you, you, you've entered, now you just have to work out how to finish the thing and finish it well. Um, yeah, it's like a problem solving thing, isn't it? It's like mm. a, a bit of a puzzle. Yeah. So, so that's something, again, that I've, I've, uh, I've gone out to the running community and I'm lucky enough to run with a lot of very good runners. I mean, there's Steve Burdett, who I was running with tonight. Um, very I, experienced I, ultra runner. Yep. Um, there's Barry McBride, who I'm doing my Thursdays with. Um, I'm able to ask the Harriers what they, uh, what they do. So there's a lot of good runners that I can turn to. And as I say, I'm, I'm my own coach. Um, I'm, I'm putting together, piecing together information from lots and lots of different people. Um, and and trying to come up with a, a way forward, it might not be the best solution. I might be better off actually putting my fate in someone's hands who's actually done it before. But um, in my in my case, I'm just sort of um, hoping to cobble together some information and come up with a with a plan that works, um, which at the moment is running a long way. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean you're obviously applying some critical thought to mm. your um, to what you all the information that you're getting because I mean there is a plethora of information out there on the mm-hmm. internet but you're speaking you've got you've sort of found yourself some mentors mm-hmm. and I think that's um, really important and you know someone like Barry McBride you know an incredibly successful ultra runner mm-hmm. and um, you know very humble and knowledgeable you know so you, you can't go too far wrong with someone like him yep. in your corner and um, I think if you were way off track in terms of your training mm-hmm. you'd have someone pulling you in go hey mm-hmm. mate is sure you're doing the right thing yeah you know yep. but no so that's that's i think you're on the right track in that regard yeah so you're doing the 100 what's the closest you've ever come to doing a 100 what's the longest distance you've run sure in a in a race or training or whatever at this stage the longest distance i've run is actually the canberra road ultra which was 50 kilometers um now um a very different beast a very different beast and run at a very different speed mm. um that was that was a fast run i went through the marathon in 312 for that 
um, I ended up we, we had a bit of a disaster on that in that the uh, the official centers off course we ended up doing six kilometers uh, three kilometers in the wrong direction three kilometers back um, it's a it's a it's another story but something we're not particularly happy with those who were those of us who were affected by that um, so mentally it was tough to keep going uh, and and keep hurting but I managed to do a sub 450k um, really that's great yeah and uh, so so I know I've got that distance in my legs um, and I've done a couple of marathons in training now um, but yeah the 100k is still is so, still something I, I am a little fearful of and and certainly very respectful of mm. um, and actually, I should say, going back to being my own coach, I did read somewhere that someone who has a what's the saying is someone if you're your own coach, you've got a fool for a coach, something along those lines. Um, no, I'm not here to say that. <laughs> you know, I am a coach, but I'm not going to say uh, that. So, so yeah, who who knows if my own if my own coaching is going to pay off? But uh, you may you're going to learn some valuable lessons whichever hmm. way you do it. Yeah. Yeah. So so as I say, I'm I'm basically picking up the mileage. I'm trying to scroll through basically. Uh, maximum weeks of 130, 140, minimum weeks of around 80. Um, it's decent mileage. Admittedly, yeah. um, sometimes I'm going lower than that 80 and sometimes, and I'm yet to hit the 140, but um, that'll happen. Um, I've done a couple of 130 weeks, so uh, things are pretty much on track and I'm, and I'm feeling stronger. That's um, a decent amount of mileage. If you're focusing on um, just offering my unsolicited mm -hmm. advice, if you're focusing on your rest, mm -hmm. really emphasizing your recovery between those, because that's a, it's a pretty high mileage. Mm. Um, I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. if, as long as you're not carrying over too much residual fatigue from week to week, um, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, as long as you're getting some elevation in, because it is a pretty hilly and lots of steps. Well, that's right. And I've actually, I'm, I'm analyzing every run now post Strava, trying to pack in more and more elevation. Mm. Um, that's included uh, some some sort of hill run hilly climbs at the end of long runs where I've just realized that I haven't hit enough hills so I've gone back mm. up the course again uh, climbing Pengana uh, at the end of 36 kilometers yeah um, there, there is something like two and a half thousand stairs mm. I think is it two and a half thousand in um, in UTA that 100 about right yeah and I know that there's in the last kilometre, there's a couple of stairs. <laughs> couple. I believe it's something like 900 to get you to the finish line at the end there. Yeah. Um, people collapsing, people saying they can't go on, people screaming with every step. Um, I'm not going to uh, focus on stair climbing to the extent that some people do. I know some people pretty much spend their entire uh, final month uh, running around the sort of the Marion uh, coastal route. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a little bit of that. Um, I'm also just basically focusing on being able to get it to a situation where I'm hitting the bottom of those stairs with one or two K to go in the Blue Mountains, as fresh, as strong as I can be, yeah. ready to go up them. Uh, and some people say, look, you just hang on to that railing or just keep stepping and you'll be good. So yeah, well, we shall see. Um, yeah, that's, per that's what the advice that I would give. Mm. It's just focus on the whole race mm. rather than, yes, there's two and a half thousand steps in the race in a 100 kilometer race you're going to take like probably a million steps mm. you know is that about right or a hundred thousand steps mm. a lot of steps yeah. and so it's you don't want to focus too much on the, the that 
fraction of the race. That's it. And I think a lot of people focus on the stairs. There are a lot of other things that can smash your legs. The descents can smash your quads. And I've deliberately changed to a different uh, descending style where I'm taking shorter strides to try to minimize the impact on the quads with each step. Uh, I'm also learning slowly how to walk fast up a hill. I hate walking and and I always felt like walking was a sign of failure but um, in a 100k race you've got to walk when it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. Um, That's when you eat. Funny enough I've actually asked for advice of a race walker uh, (laughs) for how to walk up hills fast and he's taught me some interesting techniques. So again it's all about putting little bits of information together to try to uh, to try to get to the end of that 100k in the best shape possible. You're like the bionic man in some sense, you know, where you're getting piecing, you're getting pieced together by all these different bits of advice. And Let's hope it works. Yeah, it, it, um, I think that it will. You seem like you've got enough um, background fitness. And I mean, there's the element of the, there's the race element too, which I think always adds about 15 to 20% in terms of effort. Mm-hmm. When you're surrounded by all those other runners, that carries you along. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, it can ruin your race mm-hmm. in some, if you're not careful. Because you go, oh, I can keep up with that guy. He doesn't look that fast, but you don't know how fast that guy is. Mm. And but ultimately, like you, the, you actually get the race vibe. You know, you've done all these long runs all by yourself, and and then you're suddenly surrounded by all these like-minded people. It's fantastic, you know. Yeah. Like, and I mean, that's the best thing about the sport. You know, is when you're getting into those, and in, and I think it's important to focus on enjoying the experience. You're not. It's not a death march that you are doing against your will. You signed up and paid for this thing, you know, and so... Um, That's right. And I've, I've, I've never done the UTA race. And I've, I've, it's, it's coming up. In the next mm-hmm. year or two, I think I'll have to go over and do it. But yeah. Yeah, well, I do. I mean, the problem with the UTA is the early sections of the run are some of the easiest sections. So it is very easy to get carried away and, and lifted up and, you know, and yeah. feel buoyant because of all these people around you. As you say, a lot of them going a little bit faster than your target pace. Um, So I think, yeah, on the one hand, you'll be lifted up by the crowd, by the runners, and that sense of uh, an event happening. But at the same time, it's important to remember to look inside and and remember the basics. I mean, remember to eat, remember to drink, um, remember the things you taught yourself on all of those difficult runs that lead up to the race. Um, I've... Um, was it Obi-Wan Kenobi that said, Luke, remember your training? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yes, I mean, I've, I've, um, I ran a marathon in America, ran Portland, uh, and I was so lifted up by the experience that I forgot to eat for uh, until past the halfway mark. Yeah. Now, normally I would take a gel at eight kilometres, and I'd, I'd gone through, through 13 miles um, yeah. without, a, without a gel and I, I can't even remember if I had a drink yeah. um, and, and felt like uh, you know, I was invincible oh, need it. Yeah. Um, and of course it all caught up with me near the end of the run so um, those sorts of things uh, I did Amsterdam Marathon last year um, looking for the flattest marathon in the world trying to break that elusive three again and uh, again um, uh, failed to, to eat properly the night before um, turned up slightly underdone in terms of carbs and just didn't uh, eat enough during the run to keep me going. So yeah, UTA 100, I mean, eating of course is even more important than in the marathon. There's no getting away with uh, yeah. uh, being underdone in that respect. Um, so I've actually learned from uh, one of your previous uh, correspondents, Peter Bice, and gone for infinite. Um, yeah. 
for, for one of my bottles. Um, I'm um, using uh, electrolyte in the other one and um, I'm going to just basically doing the, the, the five peaks coming up soon and going to play around with um, various um, uh, dilutions of each of that and water and, and see what works for me. Uh, yeah. yeah, and yeah, so um, actually I'm glad you mentioned five peaks. I was going to bring that up. So that's the local local ultra put on by um, Try Running SA. Mm -hmm. so they're, they're their only ultra that they hold. Um, and last year was its first year. And so you're doing this as more or less a training run. A training run. Um, interestingly, I've been told different things by different people as to how fast I can try and hit this. Um, the, the, ath the, uh, the, the competitive athlete in me wants to actually give this a bit of a go. Of course you do. Five weeks until the UTA 100. Mm. So I have to leave a little bit in the tank. Um, it's, it, you can recover in that time, but I just don't want to leave it all out there and feel mentally yeah. fatigued. Um, but I'm going to have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's wise. I mean, I, I personally would not do it. Mm -hmm because I'm, um, but I, I know how long it takes me to recover. Mm -hmm. And like, you could, I can feel good two weeks after a race. I can feel a week after a race. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's, a, there's residual fatigue mm -hmm. in the muscles. And also, yeah, that, that real mental fatigue of just, what am I doing? Well, I'm out here, you know, when you get into 100, you know, 75 kilometers deep into a race, and um, you think, oh, I've still got a long way to go, and I just don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. And I've, I feel like I've been like I've been in that position mm -hmm. on more than one occasion. I'm not saying it's going to happen to you, but if you don't have an existential crisis in an ultra, are you even an ultra runner? Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm waiting for that. And yeah. uh, you know, it never really happened in the Road 50. Uh, we'll see if it happens in the Trail 58. Yeah. Um, Which is it's a pretty tough course, but I mean, you've done everything right. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And I, and I'm as I say, I've done a couple of marathons in training now, and I'm feeling good at the end of them. Um, good enough to turn around and run up a hill at the end of it to get some extra, you know, climbing in. So we'll see. I feel like I can get to 50, but hey, that's halfway. Yeah, I um, I'm really looking forward to hearing how you go. And like in terms of training-wise, like you don't need to do much more. The step up from 50 to 100, the biggest thing is just the um, the ability to keep going mm -hmm. and to push on and maybe yeah you just got to go slower mm -hmm. from the beginning so you know however fast you're going in the 58 you're going to go slower again at the start of the 58 at the start of the 100 you're going to be going a lot slower sure you know? yeah yeah um, and I do and I know um, from my experience going way back to the to the 80s as a cyclist that I'm uh, my muscle composition is not entirely endurance um, so I've got a bit of a combination of fast and slow twitch fibers, um, which uh, can kind of count against me on the super long runs. So um, it's a matter of, uh, yeah, employing as many of those slow twitch fibers as I can. Absolutely. Um, interesting. So um, I guess you need to recruit both in trail running because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's quite dynamic. And, you know, in terms of, so if you're, you have to be a little bit explosive to go up you know, through a technical trail or whatever to change direction quickly. And so, yeah, you do need those fast twitch muscle fibers. It's not like running on, on, a, on the road where there's no changes of direction, no major changes of direction. So, yeah, I think having a bit of a combo is good. And it, it, um, But, yeah, we are definitely predisposed to one or the other. I definitely am more predisposed to the slow twitch. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have that massive leg turnover. I just, you know, I might develop it. But, I mean, mm -hmm. they, and they say sprinters... Uh, 
not necessarily just born. You know, you can actually develop a fast twitch. Mm -hmm. It just takes a lot of work. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other thing being, I'm still a carbohydrate runner. So yeah. um, I, uh, again, have kind of maintained a bit of speed because I'm a carb runner, but it also leaves you open to the potential of, of having a sudden failure of, uh, of, uh, of, of solids <laughs> and, uh, and just not having enough in the system. Yeah. yeah. Um, then that's it. It's really hard to maintain enough calories mm. and, and, and I mean in a hundred kilometers you're going to be eight, you're you burn although I read somewhere on average in a marathon you'll burn two and a half thousand calories mm -hmm. so you expect extrapolate you're looking well over 5,000 exactly. calories. Exactly, looking around about 6,000 calories. Yeah. It's hard to take that much on board. Yeah. Um, I know some guys do it entirely with gels, which is very, very difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. As it's another thing I've got to try and work out. Some people are savoury, some people are sweet. Um, I've heard all sorts of things from Vegemite sandwiches through to maple syrup. Um, Vegemite's good. Yeah. yeah. So um, I uh, interestingly just did a sweat test. Um, uh, so I found that I actually lose very little salt uh, when I sweat. So that's a good thing in the sense that I don't need uh, a hell of a lot of electrolyte. Um, and it also kind of explains why I'm probably not much of a savouries uh, craver when I run. Yeah, uh, right. I'm not the kind of guy who finishes a run and needs a packet of crisps or a, you know, or a Vegemite sandwich. Um, that said, a long run, run like that, it's it's really difficult to, uh, to to just eat sweet food the whole way. Yeah, no, you're right, and you've got to be very careful. I find I try and resist the sweets for as long as possible mm. in an ultra, and um, I'll use them towards the end when I know that I can't mm. stomach much else. Sure. And you do, you get yeah, quite often we'll get that that flavour fatigue. You know, you just nothing things that used to taste amazing. And you think I love this. I eat it all the time on my training runs. Suddenly you can't eat it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, there's lessons that you will learn. Like it sounds like you're going into this with really well prepared in terms of you've really tried to break it down, and that's what we do. And um, but you'll still learn a hell of a lot of lessons. I know? will. And yeah. the idea that I'm going to do well on my first UTA 100 is kind of laughable, really. I, you know, the chances of everything going right on the day is is, is minimal. But I've, uh, yeah, I've tried to, as I say sort of learn from as many people as I could um, I'm devouring UTA uh, YouTube videos at the moment yeah how to pack your pack what to pack what to buy what to wear yeah. um, trying out new shoes I've just tried on the the, the hocker speed goats uh, the speed goat threes which are doing really nice things for my feet um, trying out various different shorts to see how I can carry gels and at the same time have a, a comfortable short um, and looking at weight as well. I'm, I'm a bit of a weight obsessive, which is another reason why I like the Hocker Speed Goats. They're actually a lightweight shoe that's also comfortable. Um, I don't like the idea of carrying a lot of extra weight, so I've got my pack weight right down. Um, I'm really a gram counter, as I was as a cyclist as well, yeah. always on the minimum weight possible. It makes a big difference. Um, yeah, and I think uh, you know a lot of a lot of runners scoff at that and say, what's the difference between a 260 gram shoe and a 290 gram shoe? But as you say, if I'm lifting that shoe up a hundred thousand times, yeah. it makes a difference. Yeah, and I'm no mathematician, but it's thirty grams. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. So um, yeah, so admittedly, I've yeah. I've gone out and bought myself a a, a, a Salomon lightweight uh, t-shirt that weighs sixty grams. It's yeah. probably half the weight of your average t-shirt, or a third of you know, a third of the weight. 
Um, so bits and pieces like that are going to add up and, and, and mean something. Yeah. Um, of course, I've just had a beer. I probably shouldn't, if I'm gram counting, I, you know, that should have been a soda water, but uh, there you go. It's all right. No, we're in a pub. It's fine. Um, no, it's, um, that's really, it's really, really um, excellent to hear someone being so proactive with every aspect mm -hmm. of their of, of your preparation mm -hmm. so I just to finish on that topic mm -hmm. do you want to throw out your um to make yourself accountable mm -hmm. what are your goal times Oof. or time now keep in keep in mind this is this is a someone who's never run the UTA 100 before but I'm looking at 12 and a half I'm hoping for 12 and a half uh, if I go under 13 I'll be happy um, but uh, I know a lot of good runners you haven't so you know that's a really that's a really uh, sort of a, if everything goes right goal time and if everything goes wrong finish uh, finish I'd like to say under 14 hours yeah. um, you know I've got a bed in a hotel ready for me that night I'd hate to be out in the bush the whole night instead of uh, you know curling up under the duvet yeah. at some point in the evening yeah um, there's nothing better than a shower, the, fetch, the first shower after your, or a bath, if you have the luxury of a bath, uh, after you've been out running all day and into the night, it's the best, there's no better experience. Exactly, yeah, yeah. no, just standing there, barely able to move, you can't even, you can't even clean yourself because you're too tired, but uh, yeah, just yeah. letting the water run out of you and then, yeah, into all, bed. All, all the sore spots get, yes. get made known. Mm -hmm. When I did um, Buffalo last year, the, um, Buffalo Stampede, it, it bucketed down mm -hmm. and um, it got really cold and it was just, I got, um, oh, it was, it, it was shocking conditions. Mm -hmm. It got really muddy mm -hmm. and I was covered head to toe in mud because mm -hmm. coming down the final descent was um, just slippery and it was almost impossible to stay on your feet. And there were a few sections where I just, I slipped and fell on my bum and then we'll just slide for like the next five meters. This is like a mudslide. And um, it was almost, it was hilarious. And it was like, oh, I'm lying down. This is actually quite relaxing. And I'm, I'm making forward progress. And then, but then I um, came home and I looked in the mirror um, and the, the, all my clothes were just coated in mud. Mm -hmm. Got everything off, and it was just and a shirt. Some of my I, it destroyed my running shirt. This, mm -hmm. I had this beautiful shirt that I'd worn for years, that had gotten dirty before. But the level of mud that I got on it just never came out. Sure. And it was um yeah it was yeah it was so good. It was the the dirtiest I've ever been mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, and dirt in places where I don't even know how <laughs> dirt gets into those. You know, it was amazing. But um no, so that's part of the thing I love about. The sport you well know. let's hope the Billy Mountains treats me a little more kindly than that yeah well the weather can go either way exactly. can't it yeah yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah um, what we, we might um, well I wish you the best of luck in that race Thank and, you. and I'd love yes. to hear how you go in it and um, I think that like I say you've done everything right and hopefully someone listening to this can sort of get some I think you've broken it down in such a way that people could um, take something from what you've sure you've got yeah. I obviously being a coach I'm always a big advocate for people picking up a coach mm -hmm. and there are a lot of merits for it and um, if nothing else for accountability mm. and um, just gleaning their experience but I think you've taken the best possible self-coached approach you know you've, you've got to approach it with the humility and and like then the gravity that is it is a 100 kilometer race through the mountains and um, so yeah, hopefully someone can pick it up and go, maybe I can do this, you know, smart, 
do it the smart way. Sure. Yeah, and maybe so. someone listening can um, add a few, fill in a few more gaps for me as well. There's, they'll, they'll find something that I haven't thought of and uh, maybe can um, sort of buttonhole me next time they see me and, and, yeah. and tell me what I've forgotten. No, you've done, yeah. Well, you've, um, yeah, like you've really done well in the, the last sort of 12 months. You've really asserted yourself as a, as a good trail runner. And so really looking forward to seeing what you do in the next upcoming races and um yeah good luck with uta and and also good luck with five peaks thanks you might get smash that smash that mm -hmm. one out as well so and then do you have any other races you want to do towards the end of the year if you well, survive surviving sure. I, shouldn't, I won't say if, ah. when you survive when uh you... the focus is going to switch straight back to marathons again i'm looking at barossa um now in recent years i've traveled far and wide to do uh, marathons overseas so you know so far I've done London Tokyo Amsterdam um, Portland uh, Adelaide um, and I think that's it but uh, I'm, I'm looking at the Barossa actually because it's small and a little bit and I hate to say this organizers a little bit boring um, it's just what I need it long right. straight long straight lines yep no crowds easy to get to drinks tables easy to focus um, I did a 122 half marathon on that course. That's quick. So yeah. I feel like there's a good marathon there to be done. Um, a three, a three oh, hour. I want to so. check that time actually. Did I do a 122 or a 124? I'll have to double check that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I've done it. I've done a good good half on that, and uh, I feel like yeah, there's a good good marathon if there. If you can do a 122, there's definitely room to squeeze in under mm -hmm. the three hours. Mm -hmm. I, that's my dream. I'm still a bit further off the three-hour mark as well. But um, yeah, I'm running because I've hurt my ankle recently. I've decided I've been doing a lot of road running to stay because the trails are just a bit tough on the ankle at the mm. moment. So I'm actually going to do a marathon as well. Mm. So I'm going to do the Adelaide Marathon this year sure. as a. Um, I'd like to go under three. Realistically, I can go under three fifteen. Yep. And um, I think that. But you know, one day maybe getting close to three hours. Mm. You know, it's tough. It's a tough. Well, um, I feel looking at you, you're a, you're definitely a sub three runner. So uh, mm. yeah, we'll see. But yeah, we'll get there. But anyway, um, before we finish, I um, there's a um, there's something we I always do with people um, in the on the podcast, mm. and people who listen regularly would know. We do a thing called uh, the Fast Five. Mm -hmm. So you, you love yourself a bit of park run. <laughs> So this Here is we like go. Park one in this is the 5k time drop. In, in question form. Mm. And so, um, yeah, short answers, best you can do. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Question one. If you could go for a run with any celebrity, living or dead, who would it be? This is going to be a, a, this is an, a, a funny one. A guy called Harmony Kareen. He's a film director. Uh, someone I've always wanted to meet. Funny thing is he can't run, but um, it'll be him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. You got the, you got it perfect. Um, Question two is, five, I want you to finish this sentence. Five, I'll start that again. Five years from now, I want to be... Oh, a much faster runner. I'm gonna knock all those one seconds off each of those times. Yeah, and have a whole bunch of 59s next Exactly, <laughs> 59s instead of 01s. <laughs> Good, excellent. Question three, what is your favorite type of running workout? Ah, running workout, gee. Um, trail runs I love, but actually, I. I like a three and five k run the best, so a fast three k is my favourite run of all, whether right. it's racing or training. Yeah, mm. cool. That's a tough distance because it's basically at the absolute limit of your mm -hmm. almost VO two max. That's right. Yeah. Um, question four: What is your favourite post-race beverage? Ah, uh, 
my friends know all about this one. It's a fan. It's Fanta. Um, nice. I'll tend to, and I and I have a strange combination in that I'll down a Fanta and then down a chocolate milk if I've done a particularly long run, which sounds like the most disgusting combination. Um, and uh, we have a bit of a joke with a guy I run with regularly, Dave Marriott, who's a very good uh, ultra runner and, and seems to just back up and do 100k after 100k. Um, he once accidentally picked up my Fanta at the end of a run and, and, and drank it for me, and we've never let him forget about that. So Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, no, well, my sports dietitian friend mm-hmm. highly recommends chocolate milk. At the well, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so it's, um, there's a, it's got everything you need. Mm-hmm. But, and the Fanta's good too. Cause Tour sugar. de France riders yeah. love a Fanta. Yeah. Um, Patrick Yonker got me onto, um, onto drinking Fanta. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's just you know instant recovery drink, basically. Yeah. You need the sugar and you need the hydration, mm-hmm. you know. Um, excellent. Um, okay, question five. Mm-hmm. Uh, enter the debate. It is headphones or no headphones. Oh, now I'm your classic 50-50 runner. Yeah. I'll sometimes argue with myself over whether to wear headphones or not, and I've yeah. sometimes taken headphones on a run and not used them, and not taken them and wished I'd taken them. Yeah. Um, I run a lot at night in the hills, and sometimes when those possums and kangaroos are jumping around in the forest. I start to sort of make up stories about what's going on out, out there and actually putting the headphones in lets me actually relax and focus on the run instead yeah. of focusing on whether there's something going on. So um, yeah, the headphones I'll, I'll sometimes use. I've got a little tiny uh, Apple iPod, the old little tiny square one. So I just clip that onto the shorts, um, shuffle the music, listen nice. to random things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I must admit sometimes uh, a band like The Cure comes on when I'm out in the middle of the dark, in the in the forest, in the dark, <laughs> and it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit scary as well when you've got that sort of music playing. It's so funny how our minds work when we're running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've um, I quite often what you're saying before, I I sometimes freak myself out in on night runs and mm-hmm. um, I start thinking, is that the Blair Witch over there? Yes, or, exactly, you know, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, oh, Gordon Knight, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate, and um, I really appreciate your time, and so we look forward to seeing how you get on in the upcoming months in your big races and hope that you do really well yeah thank you thanks for listening and I, you know i feel like i'm nowhere near the level of the other guests you've had on this program but it's just nice um as you say you're, you're, you're talking to someone who's still learning the ropes and still uh, listening to other people and, and and hopefully um some of what i've said might help other people as well no look i definitely want to go for people for, i mean you're a fantastic runner don't sell yourself short but i, I do try and I want, I, I'm going for the whole spectrum, and so I've I've interviewed uh, beginners, mm-hmm. you know, intermediates, elites, and I I'll keep doing that. Sure. With, it doesn't matter because I think it's um and people want to hear because it's more relate. You're more relatable than I mean I interviewed Brendan Davies mm-hmm. way back. He's a ma- an amazing runner and an amazing coach. But I can't relate to him sure. in terms of running, and I don't know many people that can. But yeah, so no. Good luck, and uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks very much. Cheers, man. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Gordon Knight. It was an absolute pleasure to talk with him. Um, If you see Gordon out on the trails, make sure you say g'day and try and outrun him. Good luck with that, I would say. Uh, And until next week, we'll see you on the Trail Runners Experience.